0: I promoted tonight that I'll do this message called Normal is Overrated. When Danielle and I started to date, just in the very early stages of dating Jess, just when, you know, the scales fell off my eyes because we'd known each other for years and her oldest brother was one of my best mates and I had her in the good friend zone. I had her in the friend zone, which we were hanging out and anyway long story short, she pursued me. And then the the scales, girls, it's okay to pursue you. It's a leap, uh, pursue him. It's an officially a leap year. It's not really, but just, you know, you can just ask him out, have another look. It's all good. And so we began to date. Our first date that I took her officially on was the movies and I, didn't, I, I was a little nervous she might bust a move on me. So we went and watched an, a movie that was going to be safe called Grumpy Old Men. <laughs> okay, I was deluded at that point for myself, but that's okay. And so then we began to kind of have some conversations. We would. I remember one particular moment we went up to the hill at Alex and parked the car to talk. And we talked, yes we did, and we started to talk about the future. And we started to talk about her dreams and my dreams. In actual fact, I began to, what would you say babe, roll it out fairly thick. It was a second date. Okay, I, I don't recommend this. Okay, but yeah, it did work. We got there eventually, more because she's awesome, uh, mostly. But I I just began to say, well, I've got all these dreams, all these crazy dreams, 23 years old, want to preach all around the world, want to do this, want to do that, want to do this, want to do that. I'd say looking back now, half of them were ridiculous and idealistic and not actually God. Okay, just looking back, because that's the joy of being a young person. You can be idealistic. It's awesome. Don't stop. And so she sat there, um, looking very calm to me and smiling. I found out later she was saying words inside her head that were different to what I expected, but that's okay. And then we went out on um, some more dates and more conversations, and we were down in Malulabar in a canal talking. And she, she just happened when I was banging on about my dreams, uh, and you know, again, they were over the top. She just once said to me, If only you could just be normal. And she mentioned someone, like so-and-so. It's okay, because that was 25 years ago. It's nothing. I've forgotten. It's not affecting me at all. (laughs) Let it go. Okay, so I'm letting it go. All right, tonight I'm officially letting it go. No, I let it go a long time ago. That's a great comment. And so, and I got, I get the sentiment of it, you know, let's be normal and a lot of that stuff's crazy. And so we began this kind of journey of praying separately. This is kind of a bit of dating advice as well as a message about goals. Praying separately about, well, what really was God and what was us? What was, what's, what's really God's dream for my life and what's God's dream for her life? And we were all worried about, are they compatible and that's not a bad principle, to make sure that there's a sense of compatibility about where you want to go and where your partner wants to go, okay? And so we did that, but we ended up um, both writing in exercise books. This is before there were smartphones or iPads or the internet. Yeah, I know, I'm old, right? And we ended up writing in these exercise books. I wrote my dream, and she wrote her dream, and she was nursing in Brisbane at this point, uh, the Royal Brisbane Women's Hospital, and we... we would meet for romantic dates in Kabocha. Dave and Marina, you know, that's where it all happens. And we'd go down and we and we would, I don't know, get takeaway and park and, and talk again. And so I remember this night we're talking and I'm, I'm rolling out. This is my dream and everything and everything and everything and this. And then she's pulling out her thing about Africa and babies and orphanages and I'm like living with drug addicts and living the teen challenge life and you know we've got all this stuff and at the end of it we we were miles apart like miles apart and so we're like okay that didn't really work so then we went away and and said okay how are we going to approach this and we began to pray about it and we we ended up just coming back and settling on this we're both committed to God we both have a sense of God's call in our life. We have a sense of friendship and connection, and we really like each other, which is a really good basis for any future relationship. We really like each other. We're, we're, we're great friends. I think she's hot. She thinks I'm hot. That's a, that's a bonus, but that's should be there. A little bit of chemistry should be there. Like I said, dating help here. But actually, we don't know what the future holds, so we'd be silly... To not be together, if God's number one, if we're prepared to just do it his way and lay it down and do it his way, and so we just kind of made this deal, all right, we're going to live our life by a few principles, rather than thinking that we've got it all worked out now. Because if I look back now and and look at our lives, there's, there's bits of that thing that was in our heart, I can kind of see the connection, but it looks nothing like what I thought it would look like. And as I've talked to people who God's done amazing things in their life and God's used them, that thread seems to be the same. And so we made a decision to not settle to live a subnormal life, but to live an extraordinary life, to live a life where normal is overrated. We want to live an extraordinary life that, that, that has an impact on eternity, not just on our lives here on earth. And I want to share tonight just three... Kind of simple thoughts that have been some of our very guiding principles that's helped us get off my page and off Danielle's page onto God's page because it'll help you in your goal setting to do the same. I love Dan Bowman sharing up here. He he, he stole a few of my points, actually. If you want to get an anointed life where God gets on your life and it's a big life, it's not an ordinary life, it's not a normal life, it's an extraordinary life, it's, a, it's an amazing life, it's the kind of life that people look from the outside in and say, I love that kind of life, then I want to talk to you about how that kind of life comes about in the kingdom of God. Because the kingdom of God, I don't want you to chase a dream at the expense of your walk with God. I don't want you to chase a dream at, a, at the expense of the way God wants you to live your life because God's plan is to take you way beyond where you can go yourself. And so the, the, the three things that I think that are foundational, they're not the only ones, but these are very foundational. The first one is just simply this, is that we made a decision that no matter what, we'd love the house of God. We would love the house of God. Psalm 92 verse 13 says this, Those who are planted in the house of God the house so the, the house of God is the, is another bible name for the church not just the big C church all out there, but your local church, the church where God has for you. I believe God has a church for every one of us. He doesn't want us to float. He, he, he doesn't want us to be critical of other churches. He doesn't want us to compare our church to another church, but He's got a church for you. He's got a local church for you. Uh, the, the Bible was written to the church that meets in someone's, someone, someone's house. So it's God's into a local church. And t- when you get planted in the house of the Lord, this is what the Bible says, they will flourish in the courts of God. God wants you to flourish. He wants your relationships to flourish. He wants your family to flourish he wants your health to flourish he wants your career to flourish he wants the, the dreams and gifts and talents and abilities that he's given you he wants those things to flourish. he wants your world to flourish as your pastor, my number one prayer I want you to flourish. I want you to live amazing lives. I don't want you to live little lives I want you to live amazing lives. I want people to look on the outside of your life and go I will have what he's doing. I'll have what they've got. I'll have what he's got. I'll oh, have what that family's got. What is it about them? They seem to flourish. There seems to be a joy in them. There seems to be a, there's just something about their life. I want what they've got. And the Bible principle to get a flourishing life is to be planted in the house of God. It was said about Jesus... It was an Old Testament prophecy and, and when Jesus went to, to, to the temple and the church and seen that they'd, they'd changed it into something rather than a house of worship and prayer, he got all fired up. They said, oh, that's right. It was described that passion for the house of God would, cons- would consume him. Yeah. Zeal for God's house would consume him. So here's, here's an interesting thought. If we come to God consumed by our goals and dreams and saying, God, would you bless my thing? Then you'll find God will go, no, no, it's an upside down world. When you get passionate and consumed and zealous about my thing, then I will bless your thing. If you put my house first, I will bless your house. If you put my dream first, and God's dream is the house of God. It's the church. Jesus said in uh, Matthew 16, I will build my church and the gates of hell hell will not prevail. God is into the church. He wants the church to get bigger and more influential. He wants a revival in this nation, and the way a revival will come to this nation is through the church. It's not outside the church. It's through the church. It's through the house of God. He's about the church. And I believe that if you make this your priority, go, all right, God, I'm gonna make your house my priority, then God comes and says, well, I'm gonna bless you. I'm going to take your life way further than it could be because you've made my house your priority. Love the house of God. Now that, that, looks, that will look different in different seasons for all sorts of different people. But uh, here's a question for you right now. What are you consumed by? Would people say, oh, that's, that's Dan Bowman. He's just, I don't know what's gone wrong with that guy, but he's consumed by church as, as if it's a criticism. As if it's, oh, what's, what's wrong with, those, man, those, those guys just seem to be at church all the time. I don't know, maybe you've got some unsafe family and they're like, what is it with that church? Isn't like once a month enough? That's what we did when we were kids. Well, you were there every Sunday and twice on Sunday. Some of you were there three times. Be reasonable. No one ever says to an Olympic swimmer standing on the gold, on the gold dais as they get their thing, oh, you shouldn't have swum so much. You should have been more reasonable and balanced. When you read about the early church, it says they met in the temple every day. And then from house to house. And we're like, well, oh, calm it down a little bit. Let's not get a little bit over the top. We're a little consumed. Wouldn't it be good if you had a reputation in your school, in your street, in your workplace? Oh, that, that's, that's Fred. He's consumed with church. Oh, my gosh. Talks about it all the time. Must be pretty good raves about it. He's, he's there serving and helping and, and helping other people. In fact, it's not even about him. He's, he's helping others. They're like, oh, that sounds familiarly like the way Jesus wants it to be. If you lay down your life, this is the kingdom way. Lay down your life you'll find it. Give away your life and you'll find it. So that's a priority. Normal's overrated. If you want an extraordinary life, love the house of God. Number two, all right. Let God give you his dream for your life. Let God give you his dream. Which often means that we've got to lay down our dream. Now this is, this is, you know, I'm into the dreams that God has for us, the dreams that God has for us. But often what happens when we're not fully immersed, we get dreams that are our dreams, that where we're number one and we're the hero, and they're not God's dreams. And then we get consumed with our dream, hoping that we can get God to bless it. But God actually says, no, why don't you lay down your dream and then see if I give it back to you? And then... Be totally consecrated to me so that when your dream comes to pass, you'll give me glory and honor because I was on that dream. Psalm 37 verse 4 says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Now, I love that. And we can often read it great as I'm worshiping and loving God. He's going to fulfill my desires. I believe that's the true thing about God. He's a good God. When you make Him number one, He's a good Father. He wants to bless you. He wants to give you good things. But I also believe what happens is when you delight yourself in the Lord, He gives you desires that weren't there in the first place. You're you're worshiping, you're loving God. We had uh, Sam Byrne, the the shoe drinking milkman, last Sunday night. The guy who was drinking because his team lost at youth. And so he had to drink milk out of his shoe. I love what young people do. It's awesome. And then did he wear it? And he wore it. That's commitment to the cause. I love that. I love that. Last week he stood up here and said how uh, he's about to be, in the next year or two, he'll become one of Australia's youngest clinical psychologists. And that everybody's told him that it's not possible. and Everybody's told him that, that you won't be able to achieve that. But what started out watching The Mentalist and observing how people interact, became a desire. But then as he loved the house of God, and was talking to him after as he's loved the house of God, as he's put God's house first, as he's served, he's done internships, uh, he's served others, he's been on so many different teams, and he's worshiped and delighted in God. I said, where did that desire come from? He said, I don't really know. I go, I bet you I know. It's God's desire that He put in your heart because you delighted in Him there's not necessarily a moment. And sometimes there'll be a moment and you'll look back and you'll go, okay, I've laid down my dreams and there was a moment where I had a vision and a picture and it came to me and God's dream dropped into my heart. But other times it's just this gradual thing. You don't know where it comes from. You make your life about other people. You make your life about serving and other people being successful. And in the process of living for others, God's desire gets into your heart. And he begins to put these things that you thought were never possible. So you lay down your life, you lay down your dream to get God's dream, and you will be just prepared, prepared to pay an extraordinary price for it. See, so if you're going to live an extraordinary life, it means an extraordinary price. If you're going to live a life that's not the normal life, because normal is overrated, it means that you're going to have to live a life that's not normal. It means that... Daniel was someone in the Bible that God elevated to the prime minister of his country from captivity. Bible is full of stories of people became, who became significant and influential in government and in different spheres. And I believe part of the new era of this church, the decade of the 20s, of the roaring 20s for c Powerhouse, is that we're going to find people who become influential in different spheres of society, who have put the house of God first, who have got God's dream for their life. And we're going to find people in high places in government, people who are making movies that are impacting the world, people who are succeeding in sport, people who are the, the greatest business people the greatest inventors the greatest creators the greatest influencers the greatest educators will come out of the house of god but it'll become because god puts his desire in but it will be from a not from paying a not normal price in 1991 i moved to victoria for a job i was just out of university and i moved to a small little country town for a job and In my second year there, I moved from living with a family the first year, which was sort of a transition from being at home where everything was done for me to now having to do a few things myself. Hot tip, young people, move out of home somewhere in your early 20s and learn how to live outside of home before you get married. Because if you've got to learn to live married and live out of home in the same year, that's a little crazy. Anyway, just a hot tip, Jacob. You're on it? Excellent. Thank you. That was free. Anyway, so I'm out. I'm on my own. Jacob's getting married in how long? Four months. Woo! Come on. All right. So I'm living, I'm living in this place and I, I basically become a caretaker in a, in a, of a property. I live in the pool room. It's quite a big pool room, had a big billiard table. There's a saltwater pool, tennis court. And I was, in, I was in a games room out the back and the people didn't live in the house. They came there every second weekend. And so I was the property caretaker. Didn't do a great job, but I was the property caretaker. And I remember, and it's probably just in a, in a moment like this, because this is what happens. God sets us up for moments where we make decisions from the moment And then that decision makes us. So God sets us up for moments. Church is all about moments. It's about moments of encounter. It's about moments where your heart gets expanded and the impossible becomes possible and... and something of the future of God's dream and plan for your life every now and then it's just like the windows open up and you see it and you sense it and you sense the bigness of it and then you then God says and so therefore out of that moment I want you to make a decision that's going to have a price tag attached to it because that vision and dream I've got for you has a price tag attached to it and, and because you're in the moment, you, you say yes and you make a decision and then you follow through the decision and the decision makes you so that you're ready for what God's prepared, what God's presented to you. Out of moments, we make decisions. Could be a simple decision like going to leaders big day out this Saturday out of a moment of, a, of someone sharing could be a decision like I'm going to do an internship and give God a year of my life, two days a week for, for 2020 to set my life up because I sense there's something coming. It could be a decision to do a leadership academy or go to university or, or do something. Or, uh, and the decision I made, I don't remember specifically when I made it, but it was basically, I'm going to have no television or media for a year in my home. Now, we made that decision when we first got married just for intimacy and connection because and Danielle couldn't keep her hands off me. But this was, this was different. I'm, I'm on fire. I said, all right, babe. So I've got the microphone and she's not finishing the service, so I'm safe for at least another week until I get thrown under the bus. So, what was that? Lead us big day out. Okay, there you go. Here comes the bus. I can feel it starting up in the background right now. So... I make this decision. I don't know why, but it's a sense of, God, you're going to do something in my life in this next year, and if I've got distractions, you're not going to be able to do in me what you want to do in me. And sometimes God calls you to pay a price now for a future you feel is coming. So often people want to get to the future and then go, well, when that happens, then I will start. When that happens, then I'll start praying more. When that happens, then I'll start studying the Bible more. When that happens, I'll, I'll, I'll make some changes. And God says, no, 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 that's going to happen if you'll pay the price now. And so I, I, be, I did. And, and I remember what happened. God, I'd listen to some podcasts. Actually, they were tapes, but podcast sounds cooler. Yeah, I don't know. don't worry about what tapes are. Podcasts. And I listen to this, and and God began to speak to me out of Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me, because He has anointed me to preach the gospel, because He has anointed me uh, to set the captives free, to bind up the brokenhearted. Good news for the And God began to speak to me, and I found myself at night, rather than watching TV, walking around this room, memorizing scripture and declaring scripture, having no idea really what I was doing except God was putting his dream into my heart and I was paying a price for something that was coming one day and I would fast and I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what it looked like, but I was preparing for something that God had in store for me. And I'm, I'm wondering tonight that if God's got a dream for you, for your future, for your influence, for your impacts, are you prepared to pay the price now? The price of discipline. The price of training, the price of being around the right people, the price of letting God's Word get into your life, that price. And some of you are going to look back and go, it was that moment, that night that I knew God's got something for my future, and I'm going to pay the price now. I'm going to take a step. Leaders Big Day Out would be a great first step towards that, and then go from there. Some of you, it is internship. I'm telling you, I'm not going to prophesy over you. You have to make your own mind up. That's the thing about the price. No one can make you pay it. You've got to actually motivate yourself to pay the price. No one can come along and make you pay the price. You've got to say, all right, I want, to, I want to get so planted that my life is so going to flourish and I've got no idea what it looks like, but I'm just going to pay the price now. And then the third thing is, and I love this, Mr. Bowman, I had it written down here, just say yes to God. You know, if Danielle and I were to look back on our life and uh, I'm sounding really old right now, but if we were to reflect on the good things God's done in our life, one would be because we've made the house of God the center of our life. Sundays are for church. The, the groups of friends and people we have is the house of God. Two is because we've laid down our dreams often, and we said, God, give us your dreams. And three is we've just said, okay, we're going to say yes to God. So if God asks us to give a ridiculous amount of money at a time that's inconvenient, Yes. If God asks us to, to stop doing this and start doing that, yes. if we are. And here's the thing. I've found that a lot of the time God asks us stuff directly, but often God asks us through our leaders. And so we've just made this predetermination. If we get asked to do something in the house of God, because we're consumed by it, because we love the house of God, we love church, we're planted, and we know it's our key to flourishing. So if we get asked to do something, we've got a predetermination. Our response is going to be, Yes, Dan. And it will take you out of your comfort zone, saying yes. It will take you into areas and times and seasons that are inconvenient. You'll find yourself like Kathy Clancy leading the youth for a year. That was awesome. The International Kids Church preacher, yes. You'll find sometimes you fail because you said yes. And that was part of the success. Part of your preparation is failing. So when you fail, don't worry about it. That's just like, okay, I learned. I learned. I had a shot. Failure. I, I just think this failure means I had a shot. That was success. Now, if I need to learn some things out of my failure, awesome. So every time I'll, I'll just say yes. I'll, I'll say yes when they ask us to be uh, look after a church. Because our pastors were going to travel when we were in our late 20s. Yes. And they said, we're not going anywhere. Okay, awesome. We'll just look after it while you itinerate. And then they said, actually, we're going to move to Canada. Would you take over the church? Well, we've already already made our mind up. Because we made our mind up that we'd say yes beforehand, unless God specifically gives us a no, and then we'll have a discussion about it. But we're already yes. Does it mean it's going to, I'll be stretched? Yes. They say, would you look after 100 churches in Australia? Yes. I remember the conversation with Pastor Phil. We're like, well, we've already predetermined to say yes. So we'll definitely pray about it because that's wisdom. And then we'll look at how we can readjust our lives. But yes. And I wonder if you've got a yes on the inside. Because if you want to see what God's got for you and your future and your life, even if your last yes didn't seem to work out so good, don't let it stop there being a yes on the inside. Because that yes is going to set you up for your future. Can we close our eyes across this room right now? I'm looking for a timer. Okay, there it is. I'm over. Excellent. I couldn't find it. For, for us, for Danielle and I, these guiding principles mean we've lived a life that has not fulfilled our dreams and we're living a life that's exceeded our dreams. In so many different areas, our lives have been exceeded. Our marriage, our family, our finances, our home, the sense of purpose and call and privilege it is to serve Jesus. And Father, I'm praying in this room tonight, That you would infuse each one of us with a love for your house. Your bride, Jesus, we'd love your church with all our hearts. Father, I'm asking that you would drop the dream that you have for our life into our hearts. And that each one of us would get a yes on the inside. Yes. Yes. When you call us, we'll say yes. When you say walk out on that water, we'll say yes. Release your presence and your anointing on us here, I pray. Even as you sit there, God can open your eyes. Flashes of your future can come to you. Things that you've forgotten about, the Holy Spirit can rebring to your remembrance. His word and promise can come a second time. He's got an extraordinary life for you. The way you walk into it, it's counterintuitive, it's upside down. You lay your life down, you find it. I feel like there's some people here, and tonight's a significant night for you. And there's a, even there's a surrendering of your dream to God. Doesn't mean God won't give it back to you, but there's a surrendering of your dream. And if that's you right now, I just want you to stand up in your seat. Say, God's calling me to surrender my dream tonight. Just wherever you are, stand up. Might be three or four people. This is just a key moment for you. You're like, I want to do this. I want to do it that way. You've kind of almost written it and worked it out. You've got the plan. And tonight the Spirit of God is stirring in you. No, 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 I've got a plan for you that's different. Would you lay it down? His dream will exceed your dream. His dream will exceed. He won't necessarily fulfill your dream, but he'll exceed it. He'll exceed it. He'll exceed it. Make the house of God center. Father, tonight. So, those of you who are standing, I just want you to ask God this one thing What's my next step, Lord? What do you want me to say yes to? You'll find quite quickly, He just speaks to you. It's awesome we all stand together right now. You might be here tonight. You don't have a relationship with God. Living a a life that's extraordinary starts with a relationship with an extraordinary God. He's got an awesome plan for you, an awesome plan for you. But you have to surrender your life to him. I want us to close our eyes right now. you're not in relationship with Jesus tonight, you're not walking with God tonight, you know you need to be. There's something missing in your heart, something that's not quite right. You're created for a relationship with God. And tonight I'd love to pray with you. I'd love to lead you in a prayer of surrendering your life to Him. It's Just a simple prayer, but when you pray it from your heart, everything changes. Forgiveness comes into our heart. God makes us brand new and gives us a fresh start. You might have once walked with God and had a relationship with Him, but you've drifted away from Him. And He's not first in your life, and you know He's not first. And tonight it's time to come back to God. In a moment, if that's you, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand and say, John, I need to get right with God again. Maybe you're here tonight and you're not sure if when you die you're going to go to heaven. And you need to be sure. Then I, I want to include you in this prayer. So right now, wherever you are, where you're standing, as eyes are closed... If you're saying, John, I want to get my life right with God, I want to rededicate my life to Christ, or I want to be sure I'm going to heaven, would you just raise your hand up real high, wherever you are, and say, that's me. Thanks, I see your hand, that's awesome. Thanks, I see your hand, that's awesome. Who else right now, would you raise it up? Thank you, thank you, in the second row, that's awesome. Girls, I see your hands. Who else right now, would you just raise your hand if you're saying, that's me as well? I want to get right with God tonight. I know I'm not right, and I want to get right with God tonight. Something's missing in my life. Is there one more person in the room? Would you raise your hand? Thanks, man. I see your hand. That's awesome. Is there anyone else right now? Raise it up real high. Thank you. I see your hand. That's awesome. Is there anyone else right now who want to join these six people and say, this is me tonight. I need to get right with God. I want to come back to Christ, or I want to just begin that relationship. Can you raise your hand if that's you? Thank you, man. That's awesome. I see your hand. Fantastic, fantastic, fantastic. Father, I thank you for what you're doing in hearts and lives and people tonight. And I'm asking that you touch these ones who have raised your hand. We're going to pray a prayer together. Those of you who raised your hand, I want you to pray this with us together. Say these words Dear God in heaven, I thank you that you love me, that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me, for my sin. I'm sorry for living my way. I repent. And I turn to you to live your way. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and the power of God. I thank you tonight that I'm forgiven, cleansed, going to heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on church, let's put our hands together for these guys. Fantastic. Fantastic. I'm going to hand back in a moment to Katie. We're going to give to God. We're going to pray together. God bless you. You're amazing.